Good morning. What a wonderful thing it is. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a frog in my throat. I got all filled up when I saw that dedication. Wasn't it wonderful? You know, we're, we're family this morning, and uh, we are spending an hour as family focusing on the reason for the season. But what an example to have a baby. Yeah? We're celebrating the birth. When God became a man, what a thing to celebrate. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking to you about. <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, it's emotional when, uh, when you're in a time of celebration. And, uh, you know, I, I just got dewy-eyed looking at that, that dedication because, you know, there's so much love around when the family's together. And you could just feel the love focusing on that child as we dedicated her to the Lord. Wonderful. Well, my subject. Now, for the past few weeks, we have been going through a season when we have focused on one of the many titles of Jesus. And there it is. Prince of Peace. It's a title. It's a title. And because we've been looking at that, we've had a certain scripture read so many times that I reckon most of us have probably got it off by heart. Yeah? For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, number two. Mighty God, number three. Everlasting Father, number four. And the Prince of... It's a title. Yeah. And actually, that title, in that little list of five of his many titles, takes pride of place. At the end of the sentence, it's a really, really important title. Yeah? It's so important that, unlike the other four, you have to have another verse to explain what it means. Okay? Verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Wow, this is a powerful title. Yeah? Ever-increasing government rule. This is a kingly royal title. Yeah? Of the increase of his government and rule, there will be no end upon the throne of David. Which means that David's kingdom and reign, which was a peaceful, ever-expanding kingdom, with peace with all the places around, that is a model of this heavenly kingdom. Yeah? An ever-expanding kingdom, spreading peace. Spreading peace. That is his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice forever, from henceforth forever, the zeal of the Lord of the heavenly armies will accomplish this. Okay, there's a lot of power and might, military might, to make sure that this peace is established and spreads throughout the whole earth. Yeah? On earth, there is part of the kingdom of heaven which is called the principality of peace, ruled by the prince of peace. Yeah? It's his title. 
and the special environment and effect of this kingdom, of this rule, and of this government is you can have peace. Yeah? You can have peace. And that was 700 years before the baby was born. Isaiah was saying this. 700 years later, those angel armies of the Lord of hosts from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7 broke through into time, filled the shepherd's skies. Yeah? As soon as the angel had announced the birth, when God became a man, angels filled the skies, really exulting and doing cartwheels and congers around the sky. Why? Because the king of peace on earth had just been born. Wow. This is important peace. Yeah? This is important peace. This isn't just the absence of war. This is something else. This is a condition. This is real peace. Or as Jesus calls it, my peace. My peace. That's what I've come to give you. And that's why everybody was celebrating. All the angels were celebrating. It was a time of great joy because the prince of the principality of peace had come on earth to found his ever-expanding, unstoppable kingdom of peace. Peace. And so it's a title. He is the prince of peace. But so many titles... You think of sort of honorary. That's a nice name to have. Doesn't mean much. Yeah? I want to tell you that, that our, our Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, has oodles of titles. But only some of them actually describe a job of work. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah? I mean, I, I've, I've got some of the titles here. Okay. He is the Earl of Chester, the Duke of Cornwall, the Duke of Rothsey, the Earl of Carrick, the Baron of Renfrew, the Lord of the Isles, and the Prince and Great Steward of Scotland. And that's some of his titles. He is also KG, KT, GCB, OM, AK, QSO, CC, PC, and ADC. What's that lot all about? Well, I'll tell you the first one. KG is Knight of the Garter. The mind boggles at what duties are involved there. <laughs> so there can be all sorts of titles. But I want to tell you that all the titles of Jesus describe an actual function, a job of work. It's who he is. It's what he does. It's what he's like. It's not just an honorary title. Prince of Peace means he can give you peace. It's what he does. It's what his government does. It's what his authority does. It's what his principality of peace does. And so it's not an honorary title. Now, I, I, I want to tell you that I believe the Prince, Prince Charles is a man of integrity. And some of the jobs where he can put effort in, he really does. He, he does a great job as a Duke of Cornwall. He has a great area of land. He is the, 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 the landlord of tenant farmers and communities, and he really put some effort into improving the lot of the farmers and causing them to get into modern farming, ecological farming, environment-friendly farming. He's, 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 he's really interested. It's not just a title. He does something about it. 
He also uh, even built a town, ecologically friendly building. Uh, and not only was it uh, environmentally friendly, a beautiful little town, but he actually built it in such a way it was a very, very pleasant place to live. So he, he does something, it's not just a title. He's a man of integrity, he's trying to do something with the responsibility he's been given. I want to tell you, with all Jesus' titles, they're hands-on titles, where he performs a function that the title describes. He is what the title says. Okay, and the one that we're looking at today is the Prince of Peace. Now, when we've been uh, going through this season, another scripture which has come up when people have been given talks on peace is the time when Jesus was in a storm threatening to sink the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And all the disciples, some of them seasoned mariners, and fishermen were terrified because the boat was sinking. A really fierce, sudden windstorm had hit them. And when they looked round, they found Jesus at the business end of the boat near the rudder, had got a pillow, and he'd gone to sleep. Here's this boat, corkscrewing, shaking, turning this way and that, up and down. Disciples hanging on for grim life, not to be thrown out of the boat. But Jesus was asleep, asleep on a pillow. And I believe that just like the, the kingdom of David was a model of, you know, an example and a model of the kingdom of God on earth, the peace kingdom, even so, that illustration, that story there, was Jesus modeling what it means to have peace. He was asleep in a storm. Yeah? Around him, the world was falling apart, and the disciples were scared stiff, and they were in a flap, and they were in jeopardy, and they were in danger, and they, they thought they were going to die, and Jesus was asleep. Why? Because they didn't have peace and he did. See, peace is a possession. Peace is a place to go in your mind. Did you get that? Peace is a place. It's a principality that you can access because he lets you. In fact, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to purchase for you the ability to go to peace. To go to the land of peace. He bought it for you. And in fact, he left it for you as an inheritance. He says to the disciples, my peace I give you, not as the world gives peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. You have to do something about it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your mind be afraid. I'm giving you the ability to chuck those imposters out and just have peace. Yeah? Yeah? So he gives it to you, he bequeaths it to you, that's what he died for, so that you can have peace in this troubled, stressed world that we live in. You've got to carry it around with you, and you have to fight to get it, and fight to keep it. Because there are enemies around that don't want you to get into that promised land of peace. 
So you have to chuck the enemies out. You chuck out doubt. You chuck out fear. And say, Lord, peace is my possession. Yeah? So peace is a place where you can go. It's not as the world gives peace, Jesus said. Yeah? I want to tell you that peace is not found in inebriation. Peace is not found in medication. This peace is not found in meditation. This peace is not found in popping pills or sniffing powders. This is Jesus' peace. It's not induced by chemicals. Yeah. It's just something he gives you as a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. But just like the gift of the promised land to the, to the children of Israel, they had to fight their way in and possess it. Peace is yours. It's your inheritance. It's a gift. But there are enemies that don't want you to enjoy it. Yeah? They're called fear and doubt and depression. Yeah? Thank God for the Prince of Peace this Christmas who gives you the possibility of having a bolt hole when life is falling apart. And it's in here. The principality of peace lies between your ears and the ears of every person on planet Earth. You can go to a place of peace in your mind. That's where fear hits. That's where doubt hits. That's where depression hits. But it's actually in the mind where you can have that peace. You can have that peace. How do you get it? Well... David used to talk to himself. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you disturbed? Why are you troubled? Why are you upset? Hoping God. He, he, he had the secret, didn't he? Jesus was asleep on a pillow in a storm because the peace was in here and not around here. It wasn't his circumstances. It was his relationship with... Let, let me give you three sort of things that Jesus had that gave him peace. He knew his identity. Having peace involves you knowing who you are in God. He knew his identity. He also had intimacy with the Father. His relationship with, fa with his Father is why he could sleep on a pillow in the storm. Yeah? Thirdly, he had information. He knew what the plan of God for his life was. Yeah? He knew that the sea couldn't drown him because he had an appointment on a cross outside the walls of Jerusalem in, uh, shortly in the future when this was happening. Yeah? He knew it wasn't his time. Yeah? So when you know who you are, and when you know whose you are, and when you know what life's all about at the moment and where you're going, you've got peace. It's a tranquility and a stability. It's shalom, which means wholeness. Yeah? Peace is inside because you know who you are. I'm a child of God. None of these. Now, one point, uh, you know, Paul he had the most awful life 
of problems and persecutions and dangers and shipwrecks and beatings and being stoned and left for death. Paul had it all. But in one place in one of his letters, he says something that really impresses me. He says, none of these things move me. Yeah, that's the same thing Jesus could have said about the storm when he was on the pillow. These things don't move me. I've got peace because I know who I am. I know my father. I know where I'm going. So this storm can jump up and down all it likes. But it's not going to touch me because I have peace. And that's what Jesus died for. To give you your passport to your inheritance of peace on earth. That's what the angel armies were shouting. Peace on earth. That's what they were cartwheeling about. Peace on earth. What bit of earth? This bit of earth. Yeah? Jesus came to give you peace. Peace.